0: one to another first episode of another mini series <laughs> called the spinster's get current. So this was an idea that Kelly and I had coming into the new year because we realized that we have a tendency to be very behind when it comes to new releases for movies. I know for myself, I tend to like to go for comfort films a lot and like to re-watch a lot of the items that I enjoy. And I also have like so many years of horror that I need to catch up on with, like old and new, so yeah. It's true. Very true very it's true. true. And Kelly, yeah. you know, being a 25 year veteran <laughs> of the horror world has seen quite a bit Um, but we both tend to be really bad at keeping up with new releases so this is our attempt to do that
1: Yes. I will say for myself, that's absolutely accurate. On New Year's Day, every year I try to go back and watch stuff from the previous year to get caught up on films that I w- was super interested in yeah. um, and that I actually can find here in Canada, which is usually the biggest aspect of that that hinders our, you know, ability to watch new films. So unless it comes out on Netflix or Shutter or something that you could rent on YouTube or whatever, often it's kind of just hard for us to get new movies.
0: Yeah so we often get people who ask us kind of our opinions about uh, some of the most recent movies that have come out but like like we said we're usually behind <laughs> or like Kelly and I are usually waiting for like certain type of movies that we really want to see and we've done that and we've been pleasantly surprised i will say that about like suspiria 2018 and then also burned with the craft legacy in 2020 <laughs> Which actually introduced us (laughs) into doing this idea because I remember when Kelly and I did see the craft together, we had so much to talk about and we really disputed on Twitter. But now we're like, okay, we're gonna do like a little mini-series. So we want to warn everyone, spoilers ahead, because we are gonna talk about this film. We're gonna talk about all kinds of different aspects of the film. And the film that we chose for this month is The Dark and the Wicked from 2020, which is available on Shudder.
1: I there
0: trouble And
1: you family
0: Your mama, she was saying things She would sit right beside him, just whispering. But you weren't talking to him.
1: We found it in her pocket. She didn't believe in God. What does it matter whether he believed? I found Mom's diary. What if she saw something out there? told you all not to come.
0: There are things in this world, horrible things, wicked, and they come for whoever they want.
1: I saw something.
0: She wasn't crazy. Do you smell him? He's close
1: now. He's not out there. He's already here. So because this is a new film, we decided that we would give you plot synopses for this miniseries and for these new films. So Louise and Michael are distant siblings who are brought back to the family farm in Texas when their father's illness, which keeps him bedridden and uncommunicative, cared for by his wife and a nurse worsens. Their mother seems disturbed and expresses a desire for the children to leave. At night, she hangs herself in the barn after cutting off her own fingers in the kitchen. As time goes on, Louise and Michael start to understand what happened to their mother. The nurse confines in them that she heard her whispering to the father, but it seemed as if she was speaking not to him, but some other presence. Michael finds her mother's diary, which describes her fears of an unnamed presence trying to take the soul of her husband. The presence makes itself known to the siblings in increasingly terrifying and deadly ways, ultimately pushing Michael to suicide after he flees the house without Louise. Louise, traumatized by repeated interactions with a demonic presence, or entity, including the suicide of the nurse, remains with her father at the farm. As he dies, he is possessed by the presence which in turn attacks Louise shortly after. Ooh. Ah. ah yeah, very, very
0: <laughs> spooky. Like, very ominous, right? Even, like, the title, like, the, um, I guess yep. you would say, like, the poster art for this yep. movie makes it seem like it's going to be, like, really scary possession film, kind of, like, along the same veins of, like, the taking of Deborah Logan.
1: Perhaps, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. Of that kind of, like, that kind of genre, that kind of vein of, um, I want to say, like, geriatric horror. I mean, this sounds... Sounds, like terrible to say it that no, way. No, but. Elder Horror,
1: Elder, elder <laughs> Horror, Elder
0: <laughs> Horror. Uh.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think maybe let's start with likes and dislikes, and then we can get into your fun film facts.
0: Likes and dislikes of this film. Like, okay, so I'm not sure about this film, and I'm obviously this is one, one of the reasons why I like to have discussions with people about newer releases because sometimes I walk away feeling like yes, I really love that movie, and other times I'm like uh, I'm not 100% how I feel about this. And other times, I'm just like, I don't like this movie at right. all. Yeah. This movie, I'm at a, like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Right. On one hand, I really like it and, and its attempts to kind of be uh, the kind of the vein of folklore with an isolated family, weird things happening around a farm, you know, an unknown presence or entity. Yeah. yeah. And I tend to like films that have atmosphere and have like a really good, like, slow burn. Yeah.
1: You also like supernatural films. I <laughs> also. (laughs) I also like
0: supernatural films. However, I I found for this film, the two elements that I really liked also tended to really bother me. I felt the burn was too slow. And not much payoff in the end. But yeah. even then, I didn't like that I was everything was already hinting towards this demonic presence. There was like too much in the beginning for me to be like, mm, right? I don't know where this is. I know exactly where this is going. Right. And that's so. So I'm kind of like in this in-between stage with this movie. Right. I don't love it and I don't hate it. Gotcha. Right. You didn't have like a
1: immediate visceral response to this film. You're in that yeah. gray zone. or not really sure. Yeah. For me, I didn't care for it. I really didn't. I was super disappointed, but I really didn't care for this film. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Didn't really like it. I just don't have overall much to say. Maybe some points of things I liked. The acting was pretty fantastic. I mean, it was shot yeah. well. Like, it's not like it's a quote, bad movie. It just didn't work for me in any way, shape. And so I'll say that.
0: You know, especially too, because I was actually excited when I found out that it was uh, Brian uh, Bartino who it was doing, it was who wrote and directed yeah, this film. Absolutely. And he was the writer and director for The Strangers yep. in 2008. Yep. And I love The Strangers. Yep.
1: I fucking love The Strangers. Yes. Yes, I know. So that's why I was super disappointed.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that's because I remember when I saw The Strangers, I remember like after seeing that movie, I was like, yes, this is the reaction. I love this movie. And usually I know when I really like a movie, when I have ideas of things I want to write about. Right. I do have some ideas. Oh, but they came a lot later mm. and on oh, thinking about the movie, but it wasn't like an immediate reaction right away. And I feel like it's kind of one of those films like I can go either way, depending on people's arguments and right. kind of how I feel about it. But yeah, once again, uh, I was hoping for something a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And you haven't seen The Strangers Pray at Night, right? The sequel? I have not mm.
0: because I've heard it hasn't been I, I heard people didn't receive it very well. So I'm not. Mm too sure of, like, where I want to go with that. Also, I just, I don't know, I feel like I really just enjoyed The Strangers as a film in itself. Right. I don't know if I really like sequels of home invasion films right
1: well i personally recommend it because i personally quite liked it it's got a different vibe to it a different feel but i really enjoyed it the the pool scene which is i know a lot of people talk about it because the pool scene's fucking epic and it's awesome so it's also still very well made i love the strangers one of my favorite films that came out in the 2000s absolutely it's subtle and surprising and dramatic and incredibly well done. So yeah, that's the main Mm -hmm. reason I was very disappointed and I'm very disappointed in you, Brian. <laughs> it's alright though it's alright you, you have time to redeem yeah. yourself
0: <laughs> well it was really interesting because this film premiered at the Fantasia International Film Festival in August of 2020 which I thought was really interesting because that was just in the beginning like early early stages of the pandemic in 2020 mm-hmm. when the first wave of isolations were just kind of ending and kind of starting up and second waves kind of starting up again you're getting people who are you know doing all the virtual festivals and I thought well this is really interesting that this film is that people are really feel drawn to this film because it has good, re- it has high reviews. It has like a 92% um, approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, with a 7.4 out of 10, and it's se- it's favorably received by critics. And I'm wondering if people were connect were connecting to it because of the way it really displays this isolation and right. how that can make people feel like about how like maybe one of the reasons why this film was so positively received in the beginning mm-hmm. because it was coming out during a time in the very early of the pandemic and people were really feeling the impacts of social social isolation mm-hmm. and how that feels and how draining it is and how emotional it is and people can you know can, mm-hmm. we're able to relate to it now whereas like right now where I'm like we're kind of moving we've done this like three or four times around now, these lockdowns, and we've just kind of gotten used to it. So it's like not having... The isolation aspect of this film didn't have the same impact on me as maybe it would have earlier. Right.
1: So you're saying that you think that maybe people would have responded to it differently if it came out like five years from now or like a couple of years ago. You think people wouldn't have perhaps liked it as much? Because people love this Ah. film. When I posted on our social media that we were going to be covering this film... Everybody is cheering. People love this movie. Mm-hmm. I personally don't understand why. I mean, but I this will prompt us to have online discussions with people. So folks, why do you love this movie? Do you, do you not? Let us know.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's maybe why people like felt like drawn mm-hmm. to the in the beginning and mm-hmm. you know, because I can understand like it was kind of like watching the film host. Like, oh my god, this movie <laughs> is so amazing. It's because we were all like we know exactly what this feels like these yeah. zoom calls yeah. and like the yeah. digital stuff and like right we're all yeah. really relating to it in those moments. So kind of going back to this idea of kind of like a elder horror. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a film that can slot itself in that category of sure. horror because you see the elements of, a, of you know, an older couple living alone mm-hmm. on a farm. You know, the, the woman, the mother is taking care of her husband and they're older mm-hmm. and then like their children are coming in to help them and, you know, and it reminds me of that that, that vein of like, you know, the taking of Deborah Logan because we get that, we still get that possession angle to it. Sorry if I spoiled Deborah Logan for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> um, you get that possession element of it, but then also it reminded me of the film when I actually started, first started watching this film, it actually reminded me of the film Relic. Mm. Which is on Netflix. And I watched that a couple weeks ago and I loved that movie. Mm. And I thought that was a great movie. I was genuinely intrigued by what was happening with all the all the women in this um in this home and especially an older woman and how she's experiencing like a forms of kind of like dementia and just how the chain and how the family is under undergoing change mm-hmm. and aging and everything. I was like, okay, I really like that. Right element. And I felt like Relic did that really well, but The Dark and the Wicked didn't capture that for me. Fair
1: enough. Yeah. I haven't seen The Relic. Is it just Relic or The Relic? The Relic is definitely from the 90s. There we go. Relic. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen it, so I have no comment on that. But that's interesting that it shares some, I guess, DNA we'll call it with that film, but the other one does it better. Your note about like the older woman, like they're probably in their 60s maybe? They could be mid to late actually, like pending, you know, I guess where they're at but uh, you know farm life is hard you know and they yeah. look like they've been doing it all them all on their own you know there's that person that has the neighboring farm that comes over and helps them sometimes but other than that they've been yeah. doing it all on their own because we find out they have kind of like estranged children especially the daughter Louise and but that was an interesting mm-hmm. note is her seeing things and talk potentially talking to things is like is that actually dementia is there actually something supernatural going on or is it manifestation? of her of the isolation and exasperated by her grief because she's already grieving. She's already having a hard time yeah. because her husband, of her life partner of probably like 50 years, 40 to 50 years is, is dying in, in their home. And so, or and the other thing that kind of popped into my mind is like, or are these hallucinations conjured up by our creepy priest? So who knows? You know, that was kind of uh. a thing. Like, was shit going on? It was actually real? Is it supernatural? I know we start seeing supernatural things with the kids. Mm-hmm, but for mm-hmm. the mother, that's kind of what, you know, came to my mind.
0: Oh, and, and that was kind of something that, like, also kind of threw me off was, like, uh, this introduction of a priest yeah. that really reminded me of Poltergeist 2. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what is happening? What's, yeah. Is this, is this a callback to Poltergeist 2? Okay, cool, because that priest in Poltergeist 2 is really yeah. creepy. <laughs> Never want that man at my door. <laughs> uh, but... To have like the priest image kind of showing up there, and then the, you know the comments of like the mother having all those crosses in her per- yeah. in her pocket. She's singing um, a gospel hymn, and I was like wondering, I'm like, okay, so where is this religious yeah. angle coming into? it? Because we get it, the family, the kids, like they even say we're not yeah, Christian, like, we don't not. believe in this. Yeah. So that kind of threw me off a bit. And I was like, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and a part of me just felt like it was one of those things that we tend to do in American films is when possession isn't. Involved, we need to throw religion in there yes. because yeah. it yeah. makes it creepier yeah. it makes it more unsettling for us if we see you know images of christ go versus the devil yes like this battle between good and evil and the soul
1: yes add in that creep factor and i love i love that that insight because it's not really well fleshed out it's like why did this creepy priest i'm calling him creepy because he is creepy and then priests and nuns are creepy to me um yeah. why do they target this family why this point in time what is this all about Also, I just now have a hard time believing that the devil is the bad guy. That's just going to be forever my (laughs) thoughts and feelings in satanic feminism. I just, I'm kind of over it. Devil's not a bad guy. But it's not super fleshed out. So I didn't really like that. I would have preferred if it was more of like very, even more ambiguous. Because the thing that I really disliked about this film is you kind of brought it up in your, in what you liked and disliked. It's like out of the gate, they're like, boom, there's weird shit going on. Here's this creepy thing that they see in the barn. It's not subtle. It's not subtle whatsoever. And anytime that I'm going to watch a supernatural or paranormal movie, which I don't usually watch, I want it to be subtle. I want it like the innkeepers, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Things that just take more time. They build the tension, build the kind of suspense. Like, I feel like the only scary part or unsettling part, the scene where the daughter is in like sleeping with her dad and she's sleeping and she hears Uh. that something come into the room and crawl up on the bed and she knows something is on top of her father. It's like, oh shit, this is real or isn't because then she wakes up. So who knows if that's actually real or not? But that was pretty terrifying. So they would have kept it to like a minimalistic tone. I would have liked this a hell of a lot more, but it's just like boom, boom, so much stuff going on. The mom floating in the sky and all these things. Keep it simple. Just have the mom singing in another room and that's all you hear. You know what I mean? Like, it was so not subtle that made me really dislike it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Because there was two scenes very in the beginning where I was like, oh, okay, there really is an evil Antony, which is in the beginning with like the sheep among the there was she and we see the figure in the sheep and then yeah. we see and you knew and I knew it was gonna happen. I saw it happening where the daughter gets up, walks from her chair, she walks by the door of her parents' room, you see a dark figure, yeah. she goes to the door, she comes back, her mother's there, and I'm like, I knew that was gonna happen. I was like, and here it is. I'm like, if those two elements were taken from that yeah. and just continued on with just the chair moving, the her singing in weird areas, her just staring off. I I like I yeah. was creeped like that's creepy. Like when yeah. she barely talking to her children. I was like, that is really just upsetting because I'm like, I don't, like that, um, to me as an individual, just up, is upsetting because you can't seem to reach someone to talk to them.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. and then we
0: see her, like, chopping her fingers, like, oh, that scene. I was like, mmm. <laughs> don't like that scene at all. And she just kept going. I was like, mm, please stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then her death, which, you know, was really tragic to see herself hanging that, yes, that way. Yeah. But, like, those were moments that creeped me out. Yes. So I was like, I wasn't saying, yep. like, it was like, there was like this blend of, like, some really good moments yeah. and I'm like, ooh. And then there were other times I'm just like, I saw that coming and that's kind of disappointing.
1: Just, yeah, there was just so much all the time. And yeah, and I just, that scene, if she if you walk past a hallway that has an open door at the end, classic horror trope, we've seen all this all the time, but one walk by and a potential like, oh, did I actually see that? And then she walks by again, you did see that, that is correct. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is just <laughs> like... <laughs>
0: Very on the nose.
1: Yes, just ham fisted, just like forcing all these tropes into me, and I'm I'm just not here for it. I just didn't really just I didn't like it. I didn't like that at yeah.
0: all. Yeah, another idea I had about this film. So when I was started to kind of like sit and ponder the film a bit more, I and mean, be mm-hmm. like, okay, what are the other elements? Maybe if I step if I step back and pulled myself away from mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the overt supernatural elements of it, what else? it? Okay, what are other elements that we see in this kind of elder horror? And one of the things I saw that was really interesting. Was a film about caretakers and who Mm. takes care of them, right? And that kind of that kind of struck a chord with me because I started thinking about like, here is this woman who is isolated, alone on her farm, taking care of her dying husband all on her own. Yeah, that can have a very hefty mental and emotional toll on someone. Absolutely, her husband of maybe plus fifty years, she's watching literally. Die yeah. in her home, and she has to come to some sort of terms with that. And then you get the nurse character, who is also a caretaker, and she's often she talks that she has a scene, a really important scene that I thought was really nice. Mm-hmm. touched to the film where she talks about, you know, being with dying patients and making sure they're not alone, and how much of an emotional. And I was thinking about like how much of it would be an emotional burden for her as she grows attached to the family because mm-hmm. she can see yeah. how the family, like the moment her mother was changing, the things are happening with the children, and you can see the look on her face. and She's like. This is a hard process, and she has to see families go through it. So I started mm-hmm. thinking about her: I'm like, who takes care of her? Like, what the yeah. hardest care of yeah. And then the children, right? Louise and Michael, they're estranged from their parents. And I thought it was interesting because they really represent that kind of family style like that rural family style of the families aren't very close like they're close but it's all about work and we see this often with michael he's always out taking care of things on the farm and louise is taking care of things else but like that is a constant thing that happens often in rural communities in rural especially rural families they spend like six hours in the morning taking Mm -hmm. care of the farm six hours at night they go to school you know they don't have a lot of connection Mm -hmm. you could tell that is happened between the kids and the mother and stuff like that, but they still show a great deal of love. But then here's this reverse role of now Louise and Michael have to come in and take care of their parents. Yeah. and Michael is struggling because he has his own family he needs to take care of yeah. his family and so ultimately when he leaves Louise at the end to go back to his family she's like oh my god you left me like I'll, I only have you and he's like well I've yeah. got to take care of my own family so yeah. it's like this when I kind of step back from the supernatural elements of film like okay so this has an interesting idea of you know caretakers and, ha- and the emotional and mental toll it can have on people to, to take care of other people who are sick and yeah. isolated and feeling alone and, and I think that would be uh, would have been a really interesting element of the film that is highlighted yeah. but if it wasn't I don't want to say like overtaxed with all the supernatural elements to it it like, absolutely I was overshadowed
1: like... by all that that would have been a way better movie if they made every, yeah. if, they, if they brought back they reeled in that all the wacky supernatural stuff that's happening happening literally constantly within 10 yeah. minutes of the movie I would have felt more for these characters I could have got more involved into this family yes. and everything and you know it was a bunch of discourse and conversations happening right now about hereditary midsomar and the piece that I wrote but let's talk about a movie that tackled grief and yep. how to deal with that this movie again could have been so much stronger if they just made all of those supernatural elements way more subtle because then we would have yeah. more moments of levity with the family and yes that really wonderful moment with the nurse you know talking about how she sees people die all the time and she sees the inner workings of all these families and how this all affects them and how it affects her but you know it's easy to forget that that even happened because there's so much of this like just like throwing all this like ghosty stuff at you that it really takes Mm -hmm. away the power of that underlying theme that you're talking about like caretakers and isolation and grief because you're right it's I think it would be a very unique film because we don't often get those rural farm country kind of isolated horror there's stuff like we are what we are that I really like and I've written about before as a monthly pick for cannibalism but you know I think that would have been, again, a much better film if he dealt more with that. Like, elevate that and less of the spooky stuff. Because you throw way too much spooky stuff, you're no longer a spooky movie. And now I don't care Mm -hmm. about your story and I don't care about your characters. But, like, it was deeply emotional. There's a lot of really intense... Well, I guess there was one really intense thing that happened, which is their mother hanging herself. And, of course, Louise was like, this isn't right. But Michael's like, "Man, she hung herself. You're like, no. Nobody's (laughs) listening to her again. Nobody's listening yeah. to Louise, and he's listening to the woman, but
0: Yeah.
1: I just it could have been just a much more empathetic film.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. It's I'm so yeah, like I don't dislike this film, and I don't love this film. Yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in an okay place with it. I'm, I accept for what this film does, and I see its merits in this film and right. what it attempted to do. But I'm on the same agreement that as much as I love atmosphere, as much as I love spooky stuff, give it all to me. Yeah, I sometimes need to have a balance, and depending yeah. on the film I'm going in, I went into this film seeing one thing and seeing another thing, and it just to me did not blend very well. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I feel about the dark and wicked. Yeah. I'm, would I recommend it? Mm, I would recommend other films before this one. There <laughs> you go. If anyone wants to like yep. to talk about elder horror and things like that, I would definitely recommend *Relic* on Netflix right now. Also, *The Taking of Deborah Logan* is a really another great film. Mm-hmm. But I also think that. It does have me interested and curious to look at more films about caretakers mm. and what they go through and experiencing right. what it, you know, and I think there's quite a few different horror films out there. I want to do a little more research on this, but I think it's a really interesting topic because yeah. I, I've seen how it can have a huge emotional burden and impact, not burden, sorry, that's a wrong word I want to say. Not an, it's a, it's a, it can take an emotional mental toll on people. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't shy away from using the word burden. I am in a caretaker role for species that cannot that actually talk to me so it's it's heavy it is a heavy burden that you can't really share with anybody else and that's kind of yeah. the, that caretaker role you can talk about it but you cannot share it so would i recommend the dark and the wicked no <laughs> <laughs> throw in the strangers or the strangers pray at night instead yeah that's my final thoughts on yeah. that
0: <laughs> there we go so Yeah, there is a quick first mini episode on our thoughts on The Dark and Wicked from 2020. Absolutely. And if folks, if you have recommendations of
1: newer releases that hopefully we can find here in Canada, you know, within means and not illegal means, then please, please let us know. We look forward to doing more of these in the future because there's tons of movies that keep coming out. And so we'll try our best to stay on top of things and remain current. But until then, bye.
0: Bye.